0: Every weekday,
2: we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more.
0: I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share.
2: Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.
3: Here's a tough one. Do you love her? Because if the answer is yes, if, if what you felt is, was love then her finding another guy that's good for her, that makes her happy, shouldn't bother you. Mm. Welcome back to the podcast. One of my favorite humans on the entire planet joining me today to help answer questions. Bernie, welcome back. Good to be back. How many podcasts have you been on so far with me?
2: Uh, in the last count, the person said it was like twenty something. Twenty. Wow. Twenty something. This is
3: episode one twenty eight, so that's a okay. you're, that's a good chunk. Yeah,
2: it's a good chunk.
3: Wow. Bernie is here because so fun. he. Uh, if I was going to trust anyone with some really important, a uh, really important question that I had and wanted some really good advice, I'd call Bernie,
2: and I've literally been doing that for twenty two years. So, yeah. And the funny thing is, is that we've done it for each other for that long. And what ends up happening is we kind of pass the same information back and forth. It's like, I'll call you and you'll be like, hey, this, you know, think about this, think about this. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then you'll call me and I'll tell you the exact same thing back. And you're like, oh, yeah, man, you're right. Yeah. So it's so hard. I mean,
3: me and you could sit here on this on these microphones and give people advice and we could hear their story and we could feed into them. But it's, it's really hard to think of and apply that to yourself. So that's why community is so important and having wise counsel around you is so important because so many times, even good advice givers have trouble feeding it to themselves and then even harder listening to their own advice.
2: No, you're absolutely right. And I'm not trying to put you out of a job by any means, but <laughs> my hope is one day the Granger Smith podcast doesn't exist because all these people that are writing in with questions they're like going to their community of people that we live in this world where people have folks around them that they're wrestling through this with and they don't feel this need to let me send it out because I don't have a Granger, I don't have a Bernie, I don't have these people, but we all got those people. So if you're out there and you don't have those people, fight for those people, go find those people, and then ask them your questions. You can still send them to Grizz (laughs) because, you know, people got to eat, you know. But... uh, Yeah, that's the hope, right? That's the hope. What's interesting is you
3: and Pastor Chad and Parker are the most reoccurring guests on this podcast. And in Mm -hmm. April, we're all taking a trip together to Louisville, Kentucky. We're all going to be together. the The core members of this podcast will be together. That's going to be super interesting.
2: We should find a spot to have a campfire and record one. That would be that would be cool. We should because that's what it is—the format of this podcast. Yeah, we're sitting around a.
3: If you have a question for me or Bernie, email GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com. That's what we're talking about here. Ask anything, seriously. Uh, there is no limit to your questions. There's no limit to the depth of what you could ask. And as you'll see today, we talk about everything and you ask everything. So wherever you came from too, if you came from TikTok or Instagram, because you saw a clip of this podcast, thank you for joining. This is what we do. Email and we'll put it in the queue and and answer. And so I got my first one ready to go. I got a whole bunch of them today. But uh, the first one says, subject line says, what's enough? And then it says anonymous, just to make sure that I don't say their name. (laughs) It says, hey, Granger, I'm 23 years old. I'm a young man. I came to a point in my life where I'm wondering what's enough. Does being a gentleman still be, is being a gentleman still a thing in 2022? I've seen this girl for a while, and I've always been trying to be irreproachable as I could, opening the door for her, getting behind her when she's going upstairs and in front of her when she's going downstairs, getting her flowers once in a while. But I feel like those things have been taken for granted. Sadly, this relation is now behind me, but I'm left with a sickening feeling that I should have done more or better. Is this still a thing? Is that too much? Or are those gestures just a thing of the past? What are your thoughts? Thanks for the podcast.
2: Dude, I got something great. Go for it, Burns. And it comes from you. These are two things that you've told me over the years that I think I can pass along to Mr. Anonymous. Um, so there is this uh, thing I called Granger about one time, and he said, when our level of gratitude surpasses our level of expectation, that's when magic happens. I think what's happened in this relationship is the level of her expectation exceeded her level of gratitude mm-hmm. for you, and you know there's there's not much that can really happen in a positive way when that expectation is above the gratitude, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And what that
3: really what that boils down to is if if you are going above and beyond in a relationship, and you are you're opening doors and you're getting flowers and you're being, you're just being a super nice guy and she doesn't want to be with you. The reason she doesn't want to be with you is not because you did all that stuff too much or too less. It's just because she didn't like you. And it seems like I kind of repeat that on a lot of these podcasts that man, she just didn't like you or she didn't, she didn't love you the same amount that you loved her. And I say that not to knock you or not to degrade you or, or, try to, in any my in any way, undermine who you are as a person. That's just the cold, hard fact of love, is if she left you, it it wasn't because of what you did or didn't do. There just wasn't a connection. And you have to realize that all the things that you said, opening doors, getting behind her when she's going upstairs. I didn't even think about something like that. Getting her flowers once in a while. Some girl in your future is going to love you for that. Mm-hmm. She, she is going to be just so overwhelmed by someone that takes care of her like you do. You're so thoughtful. And someone is going to get the fruits of this from you, of this personality trait that you have, and they're going to love you forever forever. It's just so important to remember that this girl just, she wasn't for you. And I'm not saying she was a bad person either. It just doesn't work. I mean, it's like the old George Strait song, you can't make a heart love somebody. Yeah. You could could lead a heart to love, but you can't make it fall. You just can't. You can't make a heart fall. She didn't fall for you. So
2: maybe you're thinking I should have opened the door three more times.
3: You know, it's like, it's just, it's not that.
2: Yeah. No, that's great. Um the second, the second thing that came to mind that Granger told me recently, um, it, it sounds like you're kind of reliving some things, you know, like oh, could I have done this, and probably also jump into the future about am I gonna find somebody else? And so I, I called Granger the other day. I, you know, had this event, and I called. And I was like, man, this happened, and. Man, my mind just keeps running about like, what does this mean? Am am I going to, is my career going to go this way? And uh, do I need to start doing this and this and this? And he says, Byrne, the future is none of your business. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, man, that is so (laughs) good. You're right. Like mentally, I was already playing out all of these scenarios and sometimes catastrophizing those scenarios or embellishing those scenarios when it's like, dude, that's none of my business. And also reliving. You remember I was like, man, I can't keep or I can't stop thinking about what I said. And, you know, it was like, well, the past is none of your business either. So it's it's really anonymous learning, reflecting on the past. We're not saying just move past it, but reflecting on the past, taking the lessons from it. And then moving into each day with those lessons and really submitting them to God and saying, God, I'm yours. I trust you. I trust you with um, my future relationship um, and and whatever that may look like um, and whatever my future looks like, relationship or not, that the future is none of my business. It's completely yours and you care about it. So I'm giving it to you. Man, so good. So Anonymous,
3: imagine this scenario where sometime in the future, you're putting your work into this relationship, a new relationship, somebody else. You're putting your work in, which which we should all, we have to, you know, relationships are work. So we, you put the work in, you pay into it, and you, you pay into it with gratitude, like Bernie said, and you expect a little bit less than you're, than you're being grateful for. And then imagine this scenario. You put the work in and you open the door for some girl, you bring her flowers, and she starts, her eyes get welled up with tears. And you're like, what? You know what? W- why are you crying? And she says, I've never had a guy open doors and get flowers like you. I've never had this. And I'm just, I'm just so grateful for you that you're in my life. Okay, right here. Let's pause right here. What if this was the first girlfriend you ever had? And she said that. You would think, okay, cool. Well, that's just what I'm supposed to do. But it's not your fir- your first girlfriend. You've had one in the past that didn't appreciate it. So in return, you start getting teary eyed back to her, and you go, "Well, it's interesting you say that because I've never had a girl appreciate it like you." Yeah, and then it cute. matters. That's why every all these mistakes and failed relationships matter. They they build us. And they refine us so we're a little bit better incrementally every time something bad like this is happening. Every time you have this heartbreak, you're getting a little bit better each time because of the f- past failures. And the new one will matter more. And I can't wait for that to happen to you.
2: Yeah, that's good stuff, man.
3: There's a, there's a question on here, Burns, that relates exactly to what you're saying. Because I, I saw it. It, came, it literally came in today. Okay, watch this. It came in just a few hours ago. Um, It says, Hey, Granger, my name is Debbie. I just started listening to your podcast and I've seen your posts on TikTok. And I used to swipe past them because it was faith based. And at the time, I was so mad at God. I mean, I can't say that I'm still not mad at God because I am. So I'm going to ask this, and I certainly hope it doesn't upset you. I lost custody to my girls in September to unfortunate circumstances. No, I don't drink or do drugs, and I didn't hurt them. I've been fighting to get them back for months to only get told that I can't see them or be around them. Now, my question is, when you lost your son, how did you lean on God? I know God can't change things, and I'm sure he's trying to teach me something here, but at any point, he could have changed the outcome. And I'm having a hard time getting back to my faith and trusting that this is in his hands. How do you trust him so much? How do you still live each day knowing and trusting God? Thank you for the time to read this. And who knows? Maybe it's meant to help someone else have a good day. So that kind of goes back to your your thought of trusting God, just trusting the future is none of your business. Trusting God. And Debbie, there's me and Bernie could hit on several things. This is this is a multi layered question, and it's a good, it's a good question. Um, I'll start with I'll start with saying what I always try to remind myself is not to say why God. Instead, replace the why with what. Like, what, God, are you trying to show me in this diversity, in this suffering situation? Instead of why, change your why to what, and it instantly changes your mind. It flips the channel in your mind instead of why is such an open-ended, unknowing question. But what is more like, okay, what? I'm going to look around me. I'm going to start seeing evidence of this. I'm going to start dissecting my brain and seeing what else around me could I be learning in this kind of situation? And it really helps. I, mean, I say this so many podcasts too, but I would lean on the Psalms on this too. And Debbie, you asked, you asked me, I hope this doesn't upset you. And it doesn't. Now I'm going to ask you the same thing. I hope this doesn't upset you, but I'm thinking just judging by your email, you probably don't read very much Bible. mhm there's, hey, I'm not judging. It's nothing wrong with that, because I too once lived in a world where I didn't read very much Bible. But you can't ask questions about the nature of God, and you can't ask questions about who God is and why God does what He does, if you're not reading His Word, because we believe as Christians that the Bible is the living, breathing Word, current, present Word of God speaking to us. That's a prayer is us talking to God, and the Bible is him talking to us and so if if you're not reading it at all then i would say how could you question anything you're not listening to the conversation he's given you and your question is always relevant in the psalms you'll see mm-hmm. you'll see the heart of god in the psalms and then probably more importantly you'll see the heart of man reflecting on on his position on what he thinks about god and so many times so many times in our, in our human brain, we think one thing, and by preaching ourselves something else, we slowly start to change. And what I mean by that is, here, here's what I mean. I was actually telling Parker this yesterday. We, none of us, truly trust God. Because if we did, we would have an absolutely anxiety-free, stress-free, peaceful life. So that's how we know none of us fully trust God as humans. And this is called faith. That's what we're talking about. Faith. It's the assurance of things that are unseen, Debbie. So when you don't trust God, like everyone at some level, we're all at different levels of trust. You preach to yourself that you do by saying, by repeating some of the Psalms, like, I trust you. God I trust you and deep down in your mind you're going not totally
1: no mm-hmm. but
3: I trust you mm-hmm. you are faithful and you <clears throat> preach yourself that and eventually you start changing
2: your your brain starts changing a little bit like oh it, for sure yeah go ahead Burns. yeah um I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Martin Lord jones but somebody out there can correct me if i'm wrong that said the majority of the unhappiness in your life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself mm. wow that's perfect
3: to what that's I exactly said.
2: what you're saying we and if you don't have that truth to talk to yourself with you're going to listen you're going to start listening to those things that are like no there's god it, it goes back to the garden the the same the same thing does God really love you see if yeah. He did like why would He keep these things from you why would He take these things away like He doesn't really love you come like, you're just questioning and questioning instead you have to arm yourself with that truth so in those moments mental habit kicks in and you're like no I'm gonna I'm gonna speak these things I'm gonna meditate on this day and mm. night you know just like yeah. the, the Psalm kicks off with yeah um. And so I I think uh, as Granger's talking, the thing that I keep coming back to, and as I've listened to this podcast and I've been on this podcast, um, and I think that Granger uh, aligns with me here, I think we agree in this, and even though we are answering your questions, the desire is not to tell you what to do, but for you to know who God is, and that is ministry. I think that we've as a culture, we've gotten away from that. We just want to tell people what to do. Well, here's what rules you need to follow, and here's what church you need to go to, and yes. what you need to be getting up early and doing. It. And some of those things are good, but they're a manifestation of who God is, and our awe, and our desire, and our understanding, and all of that of, of who He is. And so when when we get questions writing in about, well, this happened to me, this happened to me... We understand life is hard and those things are hard, but it doesn't change who God is. Mm. And there's no amount of things you can do right that will avoid those things in the future. Because ultimately, it's who God is that matters. And so I I think like Granger's saying, to that end, you have to go to the Word, because that's when you're going to start to understand for yourself in your heart, oh, this is who He is. This is what He suffered. This is why he was a man of sorrows. This, oh God, place of all so
3: good, Debbie. I, I have this is an interesting thing. You asked me, how do you trust? How do you trust after you after you lost your son? How did you how did you trust God? Well, the irony in you asking me that. It, it think follow me here for a second. The irony in you asking me that question with your problem which is a legit problem you have. And I'm so sorry that you're going through this custody battle. But when I started asking God through my ultimate pain, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to show me? What do you need me to do through this? Not why. What do you need me to do? Well, one of the many things that happened to me in that transition, one of the many things is this podcast changed from me telling stories to answering questions. And then That led to you, with you losing your kids, emailing me your question. So here I am, literally sitting here with Bernie, answering your question because the format changed, because I asked God what he needed me to do, because I was suffering. So that's the chain of events that you're asking me, how do I trust God? Well, that's the chain of events that happened when I did. Here I am talking to you. Debbie, I don't know you. I've never met you, and I doubt I ever would ever have even spoken your name until I trusted God, asked Him what He needed me to do. The format of this podcast changed. I opened up questions. I gave you my email. You found me on TikTok. You're suffering, and you asked me this question. It's interesting, right? Is that just luck? Is that coincidence? Is that strange irony? Or is that sovereignty of God working through my suffering all the way to your suffering? That's yeah. the question I have for you. Yeah. Hey, maybe it's the luck of the Irish that you might think. I don't believe that. Yeah. Okay.
2: That's good. That's really good.
3: Let's hit. Let's hit another one. Oh, we got a good, good old breakup. Okay. <laughs> Subject line: Breakup. Hey, Mr. Smith, I'd like to remain anonymous. Just Mr. Re-
2: Smith. That's what it says. Very respectful. Okay.
3: I would like to remain anonymous. I just recently had a breakup a few weeks ago, and we've been off and on. I've listened to your podcast, and they've helped me. Um, My problem is I'm trying to understand how to be happy alone. She was my happiness. I recognized I was wrong to base a lot of my happiness on her, but she meant a lot to me. I wish maybe one day me and her could make things work again when we're both back in the right mind space. Is that crazy of me to think how do I get my past my heartstrings of missing her and waking up every day and restarting the cycle every day? I've been trying to write songs about my feelings and that's definitely helped. I'm seeking some more helpful pushing from you. Thank you and God bless. Okay. It's it's interesting when I get heartbreak questions. Anonymous. Your question is legit. The, the suffering that you have, it's similar. I always think heartbreak and grief are like brothers. They're very similar. You've lost a person that you love that meant a lot to you. So your question's legit. But what I'm about to say is not, no offense, but these heartbreak questions are always the same. Just the names change and the, and the locations change. But when you're in it, it always feels like this is different. My story <laughs> is different. My story is not like anything else you've ever said on the podcast, but I'm telling you, it is. That's a good thing for you, man. It's a good thing that that millions of people, probably everybody on this planet, will or has gone through heartbreak. Because you know why it's good? Because you could look at humanity and go, they still made it.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: They still, They still did it. So let's dig into your question. The most dangerous sentence that you wrote in this email was, she was my happiness.
2: Yeah, but right after that, he does say, I recognized that that was not right or unhealthy. I'm not sure exactly yes. what he said. But so it's almost like the, how do you get from, I know this thing, I know this was unhealthy. She She was that to, I mean, he's still somewhat in that mindset because he he's still mentally running through all of the scenarios and probably painting the picture of their relationship better than it actually was. And like kind of yep. fantasizing of what it would be like if we got back together. And yes, I mean, I think you, I just listened to the one with you and Parker a couple of episodes ago, and I think y'all hit on this and it was so, so good. Um, Of, that kind of mental loop. It's like you probably are still have her picture somewhere yeah. and you have these habits and it's yes. like, kill the empty habits. Yes. You got to kill empty habits. And the, and that is an empty habit.
3: Yes. I, I think you're exactly right. And, and the evidence of that, what Bernie just said, the evidence is where you say, I wish maybe one day me and her could make things work when we're both in the right mind space. But, you got to let that go. Now, could it happen? Of course, anything could happen. Bernie said earlier, the future is none of your business. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. Oh, that's so good. Put that let on a t-shirt, go. guys. Come Put on. it on a t-shirt. Let it go. <laughs> let it go, Anonymous. Because if you live in a space, in a world where you think maybe it might work with her again, you're limiting yourself from moving on today to any other kind of opportunity. That doesn't mean she's out of your life forever because we know scenarios where that happens. Years go by and then you get back together, great. But you're, you are putting up walls to any other opportunity. You're writing your own story and you're, right, you're trying to write your future out and she's included in it. And when you do that, here come the walls, here come anything else in your peripheral that might help you heal and might help you become better than you ever were with her, including a new relationship, possibly, mm-hmm. including a new friendship with another guy that, that creates a new hobby, that, you, that it's a chain reaction that goes into a future relationship that you might have that's better. And it will be. You'll look back and go, I'm better. I'm better because of the breakup. I'm better because of the hardship I went through. Humans are so resilient. And so many have been through heartache and you've seen the evidence of how they recover. I think Bernie's right. I think you're doing stuff right now that's clinging on to this past relationship. You're running through your mind. What should I have done differently? What should I have said? How do I be happy alone? Well, the reason, the the ultimate reason right now you're not happy alone is because you're still thinking that
2: there's a future with her.
3: Right. What'd you say? Empty habits.
2: Yeah, I kill, love that. Kill empty habits. Kill I, I think, empty habits. I think David Goggins set, originally said that, so I can't, you know, steal his thing. But either way, it applies. So I, I want to ask a question, though. Of, and I, I think it is a uh, a question that applies to a lot of these breakup questions, but also to some of the other topics. Is this person? Uh, who, who was this? It's anonymous. Anonymous. Okay. They've listened to the podcast and the other people that have written in, I listened to your podcast for years. It's so awesome. Thank you. But then they go on to ask some of the very same questions that you have answered, but there's like, oh, this is different. Cause man, I loved her so much more than anybody else on the podcast. But what do you think it is in human nature that I don't want to listen to the answers <laughs> and the advice that Granger has given on other podcasts that clearly is the same and applies. It's like, I got to, mm. I got to, is it just, I mean, is it like, hello, is this thing on? Mm. Like, I, are, you, are you listening? Or is it more of they just want to get on the podcast and, or, or is it like, I want to share, like what, what is it? Why do you keep getting the same a lot of the same questions when you're knocking it out of the park as far as answering. Let's let's work
3: through that, as you say. Let's stress test that. Okay. That's what that's your phrase. Yeah, we're gonna take a break. We're almost out of time. We'll take a break and we'll get back to stress test that question. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp online therapy relationships take work. A lot of us will drop anything to go help someone we care about, and we go out of our way to treat any other person. But how often do we give ourselves the same treatment? I mean, have you ever understood the idea that we will literally take care of our pets? And if you take your dog to the vet and get some kind of treatment, say you get a pill for your dog, you will never skip giving that dog a pill. But when it comes to yourself, very rarely will you take your own pill, This month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to take care of the most important relationship in your life, and that's the one you have with yourself, whether it's hitting the gym or making time for a haircut or even trying therapy. You are your greatest asset, so invest your time and effort into yourself like you do other people. On this podcast, we've talked so many times about having wise counsel and seeing therapy if you need it, and this is a great opportunity if you don't have a general therapist in your town. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you could be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. It's, it's really quick. So give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the Granger Smith Podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Granger. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Granger. Okay, so the question that Bernie was just talking about, and... That's it, it's legit. W- why do people listen to this podcast and hear similar questions? And I'll answer it, and then they'll come back with the same kind of question. The scenario is different. I want to say, on a side note, keep asking them. It's okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I love, I love answering the questions. So it's not about, um, it's not about, hey, let's change the subject here. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I, I, I love it. I love it. That's that's my job and that's yeah. my responsibility. So if you ask me the, the same question, why is the sky blue,
2: every single week, I promise I would keep trying my best to answer it. But it's good for you to understand yes. the the mindset of the, the person writing in. Like, what yeah. is that?
3: And I say something a little different every time and it helps me. It helps me too. So... I think first the first thing place I would go is when you're when you are suffering or you're afflicted, including heartbreak, you are blinded to the outside world in a lot of ways. Like you've got you've got horse blinders on; you can't see right or left. And as much as you've heard, so say you say you break an ankle. Now we all know that hurts. We all know I've never broken an ankle. We all know it hurts and we we've, we've seen people do it all around us our whole lives falling out of tree houses or whatever. But when you do it, you're like, "Wow, this really hurts." No, seriously, this really hurts. Like, I got this pain right here because I broke my ankle and they got to put they got to put pins in it and it re- it's like you can't and it, the doctor doesn't say of course it does. Everyone else hurts.
2: <laughs> you're like no, you know but, but yeah. mine
3: really hurts. You yeah, know, it's yeah, so yeah. so I think when you're when you're afflicted in any way, you start to become blinded by um, sound advice and and everyone around you. So, for instance, anonymous, if your friends came over, and I'm sure they have, they've been like, "Dude, you got to get over this girl," and in um, instantly in your mind, you think you don't know this girl. Mm-hmm. She's the one. You can't tell me, but. The truth is, they've been there too. They've had the one. They've had the girl that mattered more than anything else. So I think that's part of it. I mean, what are your thoughts on why people ask the same question?
2: Yeah, you just said something that made me think, maybe there's something in our human nature that we long to share in suffering. We long to like people to be included in our lives and what we're going through. So I think... You know, I have Granger that if I'm... Like the other day, I called you. It was like, hey, this is, you know, kind of what's happening. Gave me some great advice. I also called my buddy Chad that I've known forever. And he told me about the same thing. But there, it's like, <laughs> I knew he probably was going to. But for some reason was like, I probably need to ask Chad too. Yeah. And so maybe there's just something in us. And I mean, comment below what y'all think. But maybe there's something in us that's like, I've, I've told Granger this, or I've told my, you know, my friends this, but I feel like I also want to share with people that are willing to kind of step into it with me. I want them to share with it. And you have created a platform and a space here where people feel like you are willing to enter into their heartbreak and their suffering or whatever, which is awesome. That's, I mean, and I think people will continue to write in because you've done that. Um, maybe that's it. It's like, is anybody out there willing to enter into this mm. with me? Because if they are, it doesn't matter if it's five people or 50, you're going to say, yes, come, because you entering in and that relationship is healing to trauma. That, I mean, that's scientific. Trauma is best resolved through relationship and healed mm. through relationship. So maybe, maybe that's it. And maybe it's, it's, I didn't think of this when I asked the question, but maybe it really is a reflection of what you've created here that people feel safe and like, he'll, he'll enter this with me. Keep asking. If you guys got a heartbreak
3: question, keep on asking. Cause I actually enjoy, I enjoy walking through it, but I also want you to see anonymous. Your scenario is you broke up with this girl and you want her back and you're not sure what the future holds with her. And like the question before, was Debbie, who's fighting a custody battle, losing her kids to an ex that used to be the same person in her life that this girl is to you. It's important to think that the grass is not greener.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: You fight for this relationship, and you just might end up in a custody battle with your kids. Mm, That's good. So it, it all goes back to being content alone, be content with yourself, finding happiness. We believe as Christians that joy... And our d- identity comes through our relationship with Jesus. And you could f- you could fight and you could try and you can climb mountains in Asia and to find purple flowers all you want. But true <laughs> Zen happiness and joy...
2: Is that a thing? I, yeah. Am I like missing... Oh, that's a thing?
3: Like in Bat- the movie Batman, he like has to climb the mountain to get okay. these purple flowers because that's... I don't know. Okay, I'm out of the loop. <laughs> but he's right. There's, there's no purple flowers up there. Uh, um... <sighs> So I talked to a friend of mine that works with us and we were skiing in Utah and we're going up the ski lift. And he said, man, I, I, um, your podcast has helped me through your heartbreak questions. And I'm like, really? And he'd never brought this up. And, and this guy, he's such a great guy. And he said, I've never experienced, um, traumatic loss In my family, I've never lost a grandparent or, you know, sibling or parent, and so my my only experience with loss is heartbreak, and it was really bad, and it's then once again it connects me to heart heartbreak and grief are very similar. You're losing someone you love permanently, Mm -hmm. and and he said, but going through your podcast helped me, and I and and instantly on this on the ski lift, I was like, okay, tell me more, like tell me more so I can know what to say. Mm -hmm. Like walk me through the beginning and all the way through the process. And he told me that he went for eight months missing her, crying, needing her back, longing for her. And I was like, well, what was the tipping point? Like what happened? And he said, you know, besides his relationship with God that, that he leaned on. And through that probably came a lot of understanding. But the thing that he physically did was he blocked her on all social media. Mm -hmm. and you got to get over the fact that I don't want to offend her or I don't want to make her mad, more mad at me or I don't want her to think I don't love her. Just forget all that and just block her Mm -hmm. on everything. Mm -hmm. So she does not come back into your mind ever. She doesn't pop up on your feed and you see her out with their friends or God forbid with a new guy Mm -hmm. or doing anything that she's having fun without you that is gone. That is out of your mind, out of sight, out of mind. In fact, don't you think heartbreak was probably easier to get over in the 1800s? Oh, for sure. <laughs> you just literally move to another yeah.
2: town and never see them ever yeah. again. Yeah. First of all, we've evolved into some very sensitive people. Yeah. And so like we're very feelings, feelings-based, and they just weren't back then. They're like, okay. So um, I would say blocker on everything.
3: And- and there's this, the the only reason you're not doing it right now is because because of this thought that maybe I'll get back with her. Mm-hmm. She'll find you. Yeah. If it's yeah. meant to be, you'll see her at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. You'll see her somewhere. You'll see her in some
2: scenario, but it's not going to be on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not going to get past that until you start to heal and you can't heal until you remove some of those things, yeah. Your mind, the way that it's wired, um, these neural pathways are going to see certain things, and they're going to immediately go back to this place. And so you have to remove those things, whatever it is. It was an old T-shirt. Throw away the T-shirt. Like yes. Um, you got to remove yourself from from a time until you can heal for sure. You know what's what's crazy? This is the last thing I'll say about
3: heartbreak, unless we get the next question about it. But as humans, we start to connect the pain with the actual memory. And so when the memory starts fading, we reconnect with the pain to bring it back to us a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because we miss the person, we miss the memory, and we've had so much pain about the memory, we make this connection. And so we kind of start loving the pain. Mm-hmm. And so we go back to Facebook and we try to see if she's with somebody new. Maybe she's having fun. Maybe she went back to that, her ex-boyfriend. I got to see. You're putting yourself in the fire on purpose, not to hurt yourself, but because the fire is connected with the memory. Why do we do that to
2: ourselves? I don't know. I, I think now we do have so many more avenues of distraction uh or not not distraction of actually distracting us from the important things and moving on but so many more things to grab our attention and take us back to those places than yeah. we used to man and kill empty habits kill empty habits all right let's see what we got next <laughs> broke up with this girl
3: (laughs) 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 i I might as well read it i might as well just because it popped up it says hey granger i recently broke up with this girl after one year i broke up with her because my family did not like her especially my mom i currently attend college with her and have her in most of my classes how do i move on and be okay seeing her with other people when she when i'm seeing her
2: all the time okay boy you better listen to your mama Trust your mama.
3: I think so too. I think um, we could take this question the direction of my family didn't like her. Well, there's a reason. Mm -hmm. And you can't tell me your whole family, your name is William. William, you can't tell me your whole family is crazy and you're the only sane one and you're the only one that saw her in the right light and everyone else saw her as wrong for you, right? (laughs) They're not crazy. (laughs) So take it with a grain of salt. Um, of course you see a lighter side of her, but they saw something in her that they didn't like reflecting in you. So here you are stuck with heartbreak for a different scenario, but you, you are in her classes, sit on the other side of the classroom, block her from social media. You got to get her out of sight out of mind. We'll connect it with the last question.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's another layer. Not only have y'all broken up, and so it's just like the one before this, but also you have the reinforced family dynamic that's saying, dude, she's not it, you need to move on. So, here's a tough one. Do you love her? Cuz if the answer is yes,
3: if if what you felt is was love, then her finding another guy that's good for her, that makes her happy, shouldn't bother you. Mm. That's difficult. That's high level right there. That's high level heartbreak. But you got to tell yourself, was I loving her for the right reasons? Because if it, if it was the right reason, then just to see her happy and smile since you broke up with her and be with someone that brings her joy in a relationship, that shouldn't bother
2: you. That you should be glad for her. That's tough. Yeah. There needs to be a Granger Smith podcast where we have a big bonfire and a lot of people sitting around and William is one of the ones, because there's a lot more questions that I yeah, would have for true. him um, to kind of dig into the details. But just from the 30,000 foot view, I think you nailed, nailed every bit of his uh, his question. All right, let's see what we have here next. Um,
3: subject line, today's podcast, and it says, I lost my dad his wife, my aunt, step-aunt this past December, within a few weeks, all due to COVID. My dad and his wife within eight hours of each other. The first thing you said today on the podcast was about missing your dad. Today is tough. I'm really missing him today. Just seems like it may have been a sign. Thank you, Christopher. Not, not really a question in here. Um, so Christopher, thanks for listening. And I would say, I would say keep showing up. I'm so sorry for your your heavy losses and um, keep showing up. I would say get up in the morning, g- get out of bed, set your alarm. This is, this is going through extreme grief. Set your alarm for the morning, regardless of when you go to bed. Say you stay up really late, either working or grieving or distracted or Instagram or TV, whatever, you stay up really late. Set your alarm regardless of what time you go to bed and wake up and get up and start a simple routine. I'm talking simple like coffee, brush your teeth, some kind of exercise and stick with it and keep showing up. Go to work. Don't skip work. Show up. Be around people. Being in that community. Open the windows. Let the sun come in. Make sure you're not skipping meals. If you're skipping meals, go to the go to a um, vitamin shop and get a meal replacement shake that you could just throw in a blender and drink to get those calories. Don't skip your meals. Don't don't eat bad food. Like try so hard; it's difficult to not go and get fried chicken every night or a cheeseburger. Try to keep try to eat cleaner. Your brain needs that fuel. And then you do these things enough, and that will stop you from being so distracted at night that you can't go to sleep. It'll also stop you from waking up at 2 a.m. and thinking about dad. Because sometimes you wake up and you open your eyes from a dream and the first thought you have is, he's gone, she's gone. And then you're stuck. And it's like it's like you were in a dream world and then reality hits you. And now you're up from 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. sad, thinking about it. And then that affects you trying to get up and then you end up sleeping in and then you're rushing to get your clothes on to go to work. So... See this little loop I made? So I I would say the first thing for me that's so important is to get up when that alarm goes off and start your simple morning routine Mm -hmm. that includes exercise, eating something decent, brushing your teeth, drinking your coffee, getting dressed. Because that's a chain reaction that's going to, you're going to be tired during the day. You're not going to, you're going to sleep better. Your appetite will be up, especially if you're exercising. You notice I haven't even said anything about grief and loss. Mm -hmm. I'm, this is like self maintenance. Mm-hmm. It's like this is you're taking your truck to the to the magnet shop, and you're doing you're checking all the fluids. You're making sure you got air in your tires. Why? Because that's how
2: you drive better without a breakdown. Yeah, this is what you're talking about. Is standards and to you know paint the picture. We're we have choices to. Base our actions on feelings or standards. I remember your brother Tyler sent me that video when we were going through, um, you know, just recovering from trauma and and grief and loss. Uh, from he, he sent me this video of uh, Ben Newman. I think was the guy that does this really great video on um, choosing standards over feelings because our feeling is oh, it's cold. I'm, I'm warm in the bed. I know the alarm's going off, but I'm just going to snooze. But the standard is you wake up and then you get coffee and then you brush your teeth, or vice versa for you since you're, you know, like to <laughs> do brush your teeth backwards. You do it backwards. <laughs> but I, I think he, I think Granger, it, this is great advice um, and a good place to start. Um, I think we can both relate to this. Uh, and I think you're in this place of, Grief and recovery, and and this is pretty traumatic, I would say, yeah. for that much loss in a short amount of time. And so, just remember that um, one of the most important elements of healing from trauma is relationship. So, make sure that you are processing these things with people that you're talking about them, that you're living, you're living this out with in community, with people so that they can be there for you. They can listen. Um, and that relation, those relationships, I feel like will will help you kind of find, find your way. We could use this same talk for
3: heartbreak too. Cause like I said, heartbreak and grief are brothers. Very close. I didn't even realize this really till recently, mm-hmm. how close they are. So if you're listening with heartbreak, um, I would say the same thing. Open your blinds, let the sunlight in, get around people, Exercise somewhat. Try to eat well. Here's another thing. When your brain is compromised, which it is in grief or heartbreak, stay away from alcohol. It's so important. I'm talking about any kind of even social drinking. If you know your mind is compromised, run from it because alcohol will make it worse every time. And you think it's the opposite. Listen to any 90s country song. You think it's the opposite. It's going to (laughs) help you. It's going to help you forget. You're going to sober up at some time. It always makes it worse. And so I'm not saying don't ever drink alcohol. I'm just saying if your mind is compromised, be very careful of that poison that you could be doing to yourself. It's going to ruin this routine we're talking about of waking up and getting started and and exercising and eating right. It's going to ruin all that and it's going to make things worse. Yeah, that's good. We got time for one more or are we done? Yeah, let's hit another one. Oh, let me say one more thing. This happened in December. Give yourself grace too. Yeah. This is brand new. So you got a year, an uh, entire year, you're going to deal with this at the, at the full strength until this coming December, 2022. So after that, After you've go through all the one year anniversaries, it's going to get a little easier on you, but give yourself grace that right now you're in the heat of it. And and grief is a wave. You're going to find some days you're, you're on the crest and some days you're down in the trough. And sometimes that, that frequency happens every couple minutes. So just recognize I'm in the trough right now. This is real. I'm feeling bad. I feel heavy. It's, I'm going to come back
2: up. I don't know when, but I'll be, and then an hour goes by and you're like, I
3: actually feel better
2: and the, and they were all wired differently so that time frame could be different for him and it if he has I'm sure he has other people that have experienced the same thing and they're going through grief and loss and trauma and that moment that they're able to switch from I'm processing feelings I'm kind of living in that it's so I can't even get to the point of standards mm. um it's going to be at a different moment in time. So have grace for those people too. And don't judge yourself. Yeah. It's like, man, he's, he's doing so well. And like, I still feel it's okay. It's okay.
3: Exactly. Next question. Subject line says, do we do what's best for my wife's dream and future career? Hey, Granger, big fan of the podcast and your music. My name is Ian. I'm 23 from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. My wife has recently been accepted into grad school at the university of Memphis. And that's where she's going to go to college. And to where she's been going to college for the last four years. It's been a dream of both of us since we, even before we uh, moved out of, excuse me, let me start over. It's been a dream of both of ours since before we even knew each other to move out of Iowa. And we both agree that Tennessee is a great place to go. University of Memphis is very hard place to get accepted to and a top rated program in her field. We are hesitant to go because we both have our families here in Iowa. It would make it very difficult for our families to watch our 7 month or year old daughter grow up from so far away. I'm a union uh, electrical apprentice, and I wouldn't be able to—so it it wouldn't be too difficult for me to move where I'm going. It feels like her best choice, and I don't want to leave our families. It's an amazing opportunity for her, and like I said, we both have been wanting to move away for quite some time. Any advice would be appreciated. So— it sounds like um, he's got a checklist going on in his mind here, and most of the checks are going to move into Tennessee, but mm-hmm. he's got one in the in the Iowa column, and that's family.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And it sounds like it sounds like he's hesitant, and that's why he's emailing me uh, because he feels like he feels a lot of pressure in accepting this.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a tough decision. Uh, what's his name? Ian. Ian um, Ian understand the difficulty in leaving family and uh, leaving built-in babysitters with <laughs> you know having the parents right there um, so I I don't know if the conversation and this is again where we kind of need you sitting here with us like what has the conversation been like with your parents or with the family mm-hmm. that is there are they supportive are they? Are there other details of this move that kind of weigh in one direction or another that you're for whatever reason haven't put in the email? Um, but I, I I think a lot of times we can be we can know what to do and and we feel God moving us to do something, and then we start to use these very small other reasons to to keep us from not following and being obedient, which is by far the most important thing we're called to.
3: Man, Ian, this is the best advice I can give to you. You are considering moving across the country. You're leaving grandparents of your your little daughter with your wife. Here's my best advice. You will not be married to Tennessee or Memphis. Meaning, you can go. For six months and go, you know what? Pfft, we messed up. Let's go back to Iowa. Mm-hmm. This is not what we expected. This is too difficult. This is too hard on our on our on her daughter and her relationship with her grandparents. We're going back. That's gonna cost you a little money. That'll be a mis- not a mistake. That'll be a a a move that will cost you a little bit of money to have to go back. But that is a loss that you should be willing to take. Maybe there's an opportunity to stay at the in-laws house for a short amount of time if you come back, but that's, that's a safety net that is worth having. It's worth saying to your wife, I mean, think how good she's going to feel when you say, babe, I'm so happy for this opportunity for you. I'm I'm so proud that you have worked so hard and this is a very difficult school to get into and this is your dream, babe. And I want to support you hundred percent in this dream. I will I will carry that burden and I will be able to get a job as an electrician in Memphis. I think it's a great adventure. We get to have some great barbecue. We get to see meet new friends, find a new church. I'm really excited. It's not I don't I can't tell you how far Memphis is from Cedar Rapids. I'm assuming it's like an eight hour drive or something like that. So we're still a day's drive from the parents. If mm-hmm. if we really need to go back, we'll go back. Um, but I, but I think you say, and by the way, babe, we're not married to this decision we're not glued to tennessee you, if it comes down to it you could pull out of school and we'll go straight back mm-hmm. we'll go back to our safety net and so that's the reason i would tell you ian do it and don't have any reservations and put it all put all that praise on her like i'm so proud of you and and she years from now she'll be like when something comes up with you She's Mm going to be like, baby, you supported me when we wanted to go to Memphis. So of course I'm going to let you do this.
2: Yeah. No, that's really good. I I think it's our human nature to, and I do this guys, I'm as guilty as anybody to start and I'm type A. So it's like, I want to, I want to plan and I want to know the future and, but the future is none of your business. Yeah. You remember, there's probably a lot of steps that have to happen before you load up the U haul and go. Yes. So, just take the first one with yes. the heart of God. If this is not your will, close the door. We feel the nudge. We're trying to be obedient. He knows your heart is. That's where it's at. Just take the next thing that's in front of you, and you're gonna feel. If that's your prayer, your honest prayer, um, I, I think the door is gonna shut in your face if you're not supposed to go, and you're gonna feel. You're gonna feel confident in
3: staying. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say, you remember Indiana Jones, Last Crusade, he's going after the the Holy Grail. And he's one of the tests Indiana Jones is doing is he's walking across that canyon, mm-hmm. and it's an, in, an invisible right. step. And he just has to close his eyes and just take the step. And it's like, that's what you're doing. Ian, you're saying, God, I trust you. I'm going to take this step. And I promise you, you're going to know quickly. As things start piling up and that step isn't there anymore, like... We can find a place. I couldn't find an electrician job. She doesn't like any of the professors. We couldn't find a good church. You're going to go, this is not working. The opposite will happen too if you're like, wow, I got a job quickly. It's actually a good paying job. She actually
2: loves her classes. We actually met
3: some friends next door that we really like.
2: Yeah, pray for those things. Pray for God is not a God of confusion. Just be prayerful Yeah, and for Bernie
3: doesn't mean pray for the good things. He means pray for clarity in the good or the bad so that you know it's time to go to Iowa or it's time to stay in, in
2: Tennessee. That's right. That's why it's all good. when you, The future is none of our business. And if all we want is for God to use our lives, Boom. there there is no bad. Staying isn't bad and going isn't good. It's obedience that's good and that's what you're after. So there is no bad option here.
3: Love you guys. That's all we got today. See you next time. Thank y'all for
2: having me. See ya. Yee yee. side.